When was the moment that you knew you could be great? I was 11. And I was a pump pass and kick champion. I heard, I heard you came out of your mom's womb. He <laughs> in the face of the doctor and said, I'm the man. Well, I'll tell you what, Nick. You remember when you found out that you had this talent? And every time you kicked against somebody, you were just better? That was when I was 11. And wow. I figured it out. But I didn't kick field goals until my senior year in high school because there was always somebody older than I was. It just allowed me to mature and allowed me to get upset about it and be passionate about it, that no, no nobody's going to beat me and it, it, it just created that environment uh, I had a mentor Dick Johnson God bless him he'd almost died of hepatitis two months before he met me he said I literally was on my deathbed and this kid appears to me and says you stood up for me when I was 12 and everybody else was beating me up and bullying me and mm. for now I'm standing up for you saying you're not going to die and every moment I had with him God was in the room. Mm -hmm. This, everything you're doing matters for who you are as a human being. So I thank God and I thank Dick Johnson. So last game of my high school career, muddy, rainy, six inches of mud. We're down seven to six. They had, we had a fumble on the extra point. But we had practiced running on the field with no, tight end, no timeouts left. And I run on the field with no timeouts and uh, kick a 43-yard field wow. goal. And the ball goes through the uprights as time expires. But the biggest thing was Dick Johnson, everybody always saying, it's not how many times you fall down, how many times you get back up, yeah. being cut uh, 10 yeah. times, 11 times. Hi everybody, this is Roman Gabriel. Welcome to a new edition of the Roman Gabriel Show. My guests are two of the best place kickers in NFL history. Two-time Super Bowl champion Baltimore Raven kicker Matt Stover and Kansas City Chiefs Hall of Fame kicker Nick Lowry. Between the two of these guys, they've kicked 33 game-winning field goals. I caught up with these guys in Miami at Super Bowl 54. Two class acts and two guys I call good friends. Enjoy this interview with Nick Lowry and Matt Stover. And remember, for all things Roman Gabriel Show, go to romangabrielshow.com. And remember, you can get it anywhere you get your podcasts. And now on iHeartRadio, as well as Amazon Alexa and Echo and Google Assistant. Hey everybody, this is Roman Gabriel, the host of the Roman Gabriel Show. As you know, this program's more than just talking to high-impact entertainment and sports personalities. Let me tell you a way that you can help our sold-out youth foundation. Helping kids nationwide to live a drug and alcohol-free life and giving them success plans that work. Here's how you can donate to help. Take your mobile phone, text SOLD OUT20 to 484848. That's SOLD OUT20 to 484848 and help us help the nation's kids to stay drug and alcohol free. Welcome to the Roman Gabriel Show. Yes, I said the Roman Gabriel Show as we kick it off at Super Bowl 54. Kick it off. That's yeah, so perfect. That was a great lead in. <laughs> RomanGabrielShow.com, Roman Gabriel Show on Twitter and Instagram, and then all of your podcast Google places to go. Roman Gabriel, the man, the myth, the, the legend. legend. I'm with two guys that are maybe two, well, two of the best kickers in NFL history. And uh, Nick Lowry, Kansas City Chiefs, 
my buddy Matt Stover, both of you guys, Baltimore Ravens. He's got his. He always brings his ring. Yeah. It shows the thing it off. Is, you know what? Hold on, my ring, and I get a here, lot of attention. Up, see it. I hold get a lot of camera. attention for this ring, and then he brings his ring, and his <laughs> ring is literally three times bigger than mine. It actually can be seen from the satellites in outer that's space. That's right, and that's just not right. See, so yours is more usable. Mine is mine more functional. More functional, exactly. More functional. That's okay. My don't move. let me do this to you either. Oh my! Mm. He's taking all three of them out, ladies and gentlemen. You yeah, gotta love so. this. There's three of them right there. Don't let me well, do this. <laughs> show that to show that to the camera. Yeah, again. right here. <laughs> he always, once a year. Here's the best story ever, though. He came a couple years ago. <laughs> he came a couple years ago, and he's got the one on right. I said, so so you got more rings. That one. <laughs> the old Giants one. one. You remember? <laughs> I said, you got more rings than that. And he goes, well, I got them in my pocket. <laughs> It's fun to bring him out every once in a while. You just kind of laugh at it. And but. the thing is, right after you were saying he was so humble, <laughs> you know, and then you kind of just hold up your three wings, scratch uh, your head. It's all about oh, you, they, man. These? These? Oh, these? Yeah. They are. They, they're great. They're better than a business card. Okay, so here's the deal. Last year, Nick's with me, and we're talking about the Rams, and we're talking about you know, uh, New England, about how the Chiefs lost one of the most excruciating playoff games of all time and how they should have been there, and he was disappointed. It's and their confidence, their overall team confidence. And when you win games from behind like that, A, in regular season, B, in postseason, it's, I think, three or four times more important than a win in a, in a regular game. I'll tell you something really interesting. The guy who was just sitting here in the seat a few minutes ago is Patrick's high school football coach. And so he was telling me all about Patrick in high school, and, of course, he's the same kid in high school as he is it's today. And so I'm with Patrick two days ago at the hotel. They were so doing a press we're, I asked him, I said, so last year, excruciating loss, what did you learn from it? And he said, well, it really helped me this year because I learned that, you know, there were a couple of plays early in that game last year that I could have made that and I every didn't. every play matters. That's what, exactly every what he said. He said. He said every play matters, and, and I've really focused this year on you know, the little things, on some of the things that I could do better. And I thought, well, he can't do a whole lot of things better the way he plays. But bottom line is, is, is to be that young and to make that kind of... Create an identity. So as what you were saying, just right after those first couple you know, tight wins, comeback wins, they began to believe and they began to understand who they are. And the defense was weak and the numbers are showing and they're going, if we're going to win, we we got to flip this. we yeah. got to move this. And the great teams with great veterans and great leadership from players, they'll take ownership of that. Sometimes you have the coaches pointing fingers saying, yeah. hey, yeah. guys, look. No, the players, if they take ownership of that, like the Chiefs did this year and like Mahomes did from last year, what ends up happening they end up getting to the Super Bowl because they, they now yeah. know who they are. Yeah. And you saw that on your team. I mean, I've got to time know Ray, time again. Ray yep. Lewis, who uh, I think mm -hmm. most people would say of all the leaders on that team probably mm -hmm. was the most important because what he said on the sidelines during a game. Yeah, right. his leadership and practice, et cetera. But yeah. that's what I think is so special about this guy. I played with Joe Montana, mm -hmm. and I, and he is he was in here earlier two today. quarterbacks of all time and amazing just his presence but Joe is not a big talker no. he did it he led and in practice he was incredibly disciplined but he wasn't a big talker when we were down 24 nothing Patrick Mahomes at 24 is running up and down the sidelines looking everybody in the eye saying just we're going to do something special to stay with it we're going to be fine and uh you know and you see everybody nodding yeah. when he's doing yeah. Joe, Joe okay. Montana wouldn't have done that and I, I and, and different style. it's a different style but this style fits this team, yeah. mm -hmm. and I want to see him, look forward to seeing him continue to grow because 
it's a, it's a, you know, Joe Montana at 38. This guy at 24 already gets things that some players never get. Nick Lowry's with us, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, great, great kicker. Uh, matched over as well with the Baltimore Ravens. And, um, you know, what you just said about leadership, I asked his coach, I said, of all the intangible things, and he's got a lot of them, what's, what's the biggest intangible, what do you think is the most important factor in his success? You know he said? His leadership. Yeah. He said it, that's hands down. He said that he's been that way. He said it. I said, obviously, his father had a big impact. He said his father did. I'm going to put a vote in for his mother. I've spent time with her the last couple of games uh, in, in the broadcast suite, and we've talked, and she said, you know, sure, his father is a great athlete. Look at my daughter, who is with a, has a different father, and she's kicking butt at eight and nine years of age. I got some athletic skills, too. And in terms of personality and DNA, he's the low-burning flame that never gets too high, never gets too low. She's the flashpoint, and he's got an interesting combination. So he's not only is he consistently cool and, and humble and confident, but he's also got yeah. that charisma and that energy mm-hmm. that not everybody has. Well, you yeah. saw the video I did, the first video with Patrick. I think I put it up on Facebook that we did with him the other day. We're doing a four-parter because he just – you know me – the football mechanics are great, and we talked about that, but he talked more about his life in 45 minutes, which was awesome. It matters. It matters big time. Absolutely. And, and, Who you are as a person. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And he's, he, uh, what I liked is somebody, somebody said, well, what about the Super Bowl pressure? You feeling, you feeling Super Bowl pressure? Everybody feels that, right? And he said, he said yeah, I'm sure I'm feel, I'll feel nervous when I go out. But he said, yeah, what I liked was he sounded like a basketball player. He said, nope. He said, we're, uh, we really love playing together. He said, we're going to play fast. We're going to have fun. We're not going to put a lot of pressure on ourselves. This group of guys likes to have a good time. And he said it over and over. Play fast, have fun. Play fast, you got to keep fun. telling yourself that. Yeah. I'm telling you, yeah. because those thoughts start coming in. I know, Nick, as kickers, yeah. we know that. And you got to say, no, no, no. We're going to play fast. We're going to have fun. And, and you keep saying that. And as a kicker, you want the ball. So Mahomes knows that, you know, that's exactly what he's – that's his biggest trait. Leadership, and I want the ball. Yeah. And that, to me, creates a dynamic player because the players believe him and believe in him, and then he believes in himself and he goes out there and executes. Well, you guys comment on this because I had a guy with sitting with me the other day when we were talking about how the way you were raised affects the type of player you are. And we were talking about Russell Wilson. and Russell Wilson was my father. You remember this, right? Russell Wilson's father, Harry, was my teammate on the baseball and the football team at Dartmouth. That's amazing. Well, well we were talking Russell. about the structure thing. If you look at the two players, Mahomes is kind of like the, you know, he played shortstop. Mm-hmm. Shortstop, like a Ozzie Smith, you know, flamboyant, big arm. Yeah. Russell Wilson, second baseman, you know, precise, but not a bit, not a huge arm. A father who played professional baseball, a father who was military. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson is very structured, mm-hmm. even though everything well, he does. Also was the yeah, attorney yeah. in Richmond, Virginia, who started the first African American Sports Hall of Fame, and his father went on the baseball trip with us because you couldn't play baseball in the early spring wow. at, up in New Hampshire. So we yeah. go south, and and as I think about it, just what it was like for him. Not that it was the '50s, but it's the late mid. It's the mid '70s. And what he had to deal with, going down south, he never complained. Uh, we had a lot of tough guys on our team, too, but he just did his job, and he always <coughs> was about example, being the example. Um, you know, suffered through a lot, but just no one could disturb him. And, and he was, uh, Dan Fouts would say, 
that if, if we had the offense with the rules now with the quarterback and the receivers today, yeah, that Jackson. skinny little guy, Harry Wilson, who almost made the Chargers back when they were pretty good, uh, would have made it today. Right. So he wasn't just military. He was an attorney. He's a great athlete and a great man. And uh, Russell, Wilson, Russell Wilson is who he is today yeah. because of Harry Wilson. Yeah. Nick, who don't you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, he just happened to be on the baseball team. <laughs> it's not like I chose that. Well, you know. you, have you ever watched the Dan Patrick show before? With uh, unfortunately, uh, have yeah. you? Just kidding. Well, he's got a. He does a thing called "You Got a Hot Take," something, something you know that's shocking. And uh, so, so Patrick, the other day, I'm sitting there, and and somebody asked the question and said, um, "Okay, the new look pass thing." You know, it, how are you able to do that so so well? It's almost like you've done that your whole life. And th- this was one of the great answers of all time. I mean, he's, he said, well, first of all, when I was at Texas Tech, Coach Kingsbury encouraged me to do it. He said, you should do it. That's you. Be yourself. Be who you are. You so know, you, permission you, to fail. you got permission to fail. Yeah. Then he gets to Andy Reid, and Andy Reid says, right. here's what I want you to do. I want you to practice it. I want you to practice it in a training camp. I want you to practice it when it doesn't count so that you're really good at it. And then in the game, I'll feel really comfortable with you doing it. Mm-hmm. So Andy's like thinking, you know, you know, how some coaches were structured. You're going to play in my structure. You're going to be like everybody highway else. And he said, one of the things that's great about Coach Reed is, is he lets me be myself. And you know, he said, the no-look thing I practiced. So, so yeah, that's playing baseball, mm-hmm. you know, the different arm angles, that's what I did. And the contrast between Alex Smith, who was, you know, held back almost too much. I mean, yeah. there were times when I was like, are we, ever, are, we, are we ever yeah. going to yeah. throw downfield? But Patrick had that year with this really classy guy who I hope to God, sounds like he may come back and be able to play a little bit in Alex Smith, but he didn't give Alex permission mm-hmm. to do the things. Well, it was you know so what he said about he, he gave a five-minute speech on Alex Smith yesterday. You know what he said? He said, Alex Smith uh, not only treated me like, you know, he didn't treat me as competition. He, he set me up. He helped me. He set me up. He mentored me. It wasn't his like personnel. Joe and Steve Young. It was yeah. not like Brett Favre. Yeah. And he gave him so Rogers. much credit for his success and yeah. for where he's come from. And yeah, Alex I, Smith is such a class I, actor. I, I, anyway. Great legacy, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a great – and you yeah. know more about this than I do. That's why. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, you know, when, when I hear Brett Favre saying I didn't have an obligation and I hear, you know, Joe Montana, I mean, I'm like, are you kidding me? That's your teammate. Right. And you need to prepare this team to be ready so that it's going to win. That's the priority, not mm-hmm. you being the star. Yeah, you are the star. But to me, when I heard that about Alex Smith, says a lot about him and look what it's done for this team because of it you know it's funny over the years and you guys know this i think i've asked that question a thousand times of players who was the guy in your life that mentored you who was the player or the coach that changed your life who and, and and why do you feel it's important to be that mentor to younger players now and i remember i was sitting with rod woodson and uh, I, re- I remember him saying, I said, Rod, who's the guy who really, you know, was that guy? And I was thinking it had to be somebody on that defense because they had incredible defense. They had Greg Lloyd. They had, uh, who's the Hall of Famer with the long hair uh, from the Rams, uh, Green. Um, they, they had all these They had all these, the, these incredible players. And he said, nope. He goes, my defensive back coach, Rod Russ, pulled me aside one day and he said, listen, Rod, he said, you're better than, than you're practicing. You, you've got to be better. Than you could be one of the greatest name. ever. But you got to you got to put the work in. Mm-hmm. You got to stop doing this. You got you got to be better than that. And he said, "I'll never forget it." He goes, "I, I was young and I was brash and I thought I had it all." Mm-hmm. I went home, looked in the mirror, and I said, 
I, 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 he's right. I, I, I got to put the effort in and do better. Put the work in. That's exactly and, what happened to Bruce Smith. Uh, Marv Levy, who was the one that had the guts to cut John Strinarud, mm-hmm. you know, to keep me. He had that come to Jesus meeting with, uh, and I think that's a fair way to put yeah. it, with Bruce Smith, who had some drug issues early on that no one ever heard about, and mm-hmm. you know, motivational issues. And yet a wonderful, incredibly talented guy, but just had not dug Direction. into that. He had not dug in at that level. All of us have to learn to dug, dig deeper than we ever thought we could. Yeah. And uh, and after that, look what happened to Bruce Smith. Hall of Fame career led his team at a level they'd never had before to four straight They grow up. And, and, and Rod That's Woodson, it. who I know I played with, he said he had to grow up. Ray Lewis had to grow up yeah. after the 2000 incident yep. that he had. And yep. I played with Ray for 13 years. All the great ones have had to become that man yeah. at some point in time in their life. And, and you know, as, as a player here, uh, you know, I would say as a kicker here, uh, you have to be willing to take personal responsibility. And you have to have a coach that knows and, that and you're And never go- make excuses. No. Yeah. You, never you don't look no. at the hold or anything. You just you miss the field goal. Or you have the coach that looks at you and says, hey, uh, you know, I don't expect 100%, but I expect your best. Yeah. Right? Belichick was really good about, okay, that was a tough field goal, Stove. Yeah. I understand that you could have missed that one. That there's other coaches who don't. No. So that freedom to fail that I talked about Mahomes, that ability to understand that, look, I'm going to take some risk here because I know that these coaches and these te- this team has my back. Yeah. That empowers you, and it actually makes your job even easier. So that, to me, and not easy, but easier. <laughs> and right. So, you know, it, it, when you look at what I've been able to do with some of these young kickers, I've helped six guys get into the NFL, and it was not so much me teaching them left, you know, how to mi- not miss right and miss left. Yep. It's about mentoring them. Right. It's about teaching them what it's going to take, about how the work ethic is going to be. Right. You know, Sam Cook is still the punter at the Baltimore Ravens. He started with me, and I mentored him all the way up, but he's one of the best punters in the league. So you just, you always are trying to give it away, right? You know, I've got a good story with your teammate, Ray Lewis, who I love to death. I, I actually hosted. Uh, that's why I love my life, and I'm sure you feel the same way. The things we get to do. On South really Beach good. in 1999, a year before that 2000 incident, yeah. and I'm on South Beach with The Tonight Show with Johnny Cochran, the court TV show. Wow. And I'm the host with Gene Upshaw and Ray Lewis. And Ray Lewis in 1999 was quiet. Yeah. He didn't say much. He didn't like to say much. What a, what a transition. Yeah. So he was open to thinking, I have to get mm-hmm. better, mm-hmm. and not just for myself. If I want to be part of a champion, I have to dig in and pull myself out of this comfortable area to make sure that I'm helping my teammates. Well, I got a, I got one for you guys. Um, I'm with two of the best, two of the greatest, Nick Lowry, Matt Stover, Baltimore Ravens, Kansas City Chiefs on the Roman Gabriel Show. Go to RomanGabrielShow.com. Both of you guys, I want to ask this. When was the moment that you knew you could be great? I, I was 11. And I was a pump pass and kick champion. I heard, I heard you came out of your mom's room. He beat in the face of the doctor and said, I'm the man. Well, I'll tell you what, Nick. You remember when you found out that you had this talent? And you every time you kicked against somebody, you were just better? That was when I was 11. And wow. I figured it out. But I didn't kick, kick field goals until my senior year in high school because there was always somebody older than I was. It just allowed me to mature and allowed me to get upset about it and be passionate about that no, no nobody's going to beat me and it, it, it just created that 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 environment that i came from mm-hmm. in dallas and, and and phil dawson actually he's one of my kickers i mentored him when he was 13 14 15 and he ends up being a you know 21 year veteran wow. um that environment was very important to what allowed me to be great 
and in, in, in my craft because it gave me the opportunity and it gave me that the school the field the the you know the opportunities and great high school football yeah. in Texas those are the things that really mattered so for me I'd say first of all maybe when uh, I had a mentor Dick Johnson God bless him he'd almost died of of hepatitis uh, two months before he met me he said I literally was on my deathbed and this kid appears to me and says you stood up for me when I was 12 and everybody else was beating me up and bullying me and mm. and, and for now I'm standing up for you saying you're not going to die and every moment I had with him God was in the room mm -hmm. this everything you're doing matters for who you are as a human being so I thank God and I thank Dick Johnson for that so last game of my high school career Muddy, rainy, six inches of mud. We're down seven to six. They had, we had a fumble on the extra point. But we had practiced running on the field with no, tight end, no timeouts left against our arch rival, the league champion about to be, Landon, one of the oldest rivals, 5,000 people there, which is big for that tiny oh, yeah. club school. And I run on the field with no timeouts and uh, kick a 43-yard field wow. goal, and the ball goes through the uprights as time expires, and all the Landon fans thinking there's no way he's going to make it. <laughs> you can see the film. Somebody sent this to me a couple years ago. They're all running on the field. We won, we won. Then there's a pause, and then everybody <laughs> from St. Albans runs on the field. That was a message, but the biggest thing was Dick Johnson, everybody always saying it's not how many times you fall down, how many times you get back up, yeah. being cut 10 yeah. times, 11 times, and then the 12th time, I gave up a job working for the Senate Commerce Committee because I thought it was time, yeah. and I just thought I owed it to myself to try one more time. The Chiefs gave me a $2,500 bonus, yeah. which is nothing, but it yeah. just was my, you better try one more time. And then, because I'd gone through all those rejections, all those mm -hmm. times of humiliations, uh, running under the dugout at RFK Stadium uh, after miss, uh, making a field goal, missing an extra point, I ended up having the highest percentage up to that point in extra points later. But uh, I'd missed an extra point. And uh, the fans wearing Redskins jerseys, RFK Stadium, the dugout, you're going under the dugout, Lowry! Big smiles on their faces as I go under the dugout. You suck! <laughs> so, so those moments, yeah. though, they either yeah. bring you down right. or you say, I'm never going to feel this again. No, I'm going to get it. better. I'm going to find work. a way. And now I had to go against Jan Stenner, the greatest kicker in the history of the game. But because I'd gone through two years of that, I was not intimidated. I knew I had to outkick him yeah. every day at everything. He, wow. played, he played six more years. Mm -hmm. But Clark Hunt, who's now the... Yeah. owner for the Chiefs, who was a ball boy, charting us. He's the one that told his dad, Dad, I think I think Nick Lowry is going gonna, is gonna to beat out yeah, John Stenner. Mm -hmm. And then in my yeah. first game, another another moment of yeah. greatness, whatever you want to call it, is just because you make it, you can get to another place. What is my first field goal for the Chiefs? Is it a 20-yarder? No, it's a 50-yarder. Oh, wow. I made it. And uh, then I hit a 23-yarder. I was like, don't blow this. Tell me we don't remember our field goal. Yeah. And then I mean, I'm now, you, you now it's the fourth quarter with eight minutes left. And Marv's in front of me, and we're on the, on the just inside the 40-yard line. I say, Marv, I can make this. What? Marv was, was kind of crazy. Yeah. And he goes, go out there. So I went out there. Efren Herrera, who was the kicker for yeah, Seattle, yeah. Jack Patera's team, is going, what are you doing out there? And I was just ready. And, and I, I crushed, crushed that ball. Steve Fuller holding our quarterback from Clemson, number one pick went halfway up the net. Jack Patera said it looked like it could have gone out of the stadium. First time in NFL history with uh, 250 yarders in a game. Third longest field goal in NFL history. Club record. But that wouldn't have happened two years earlier. It took yeah. all of the rejection, all of the sadness, yeah. and just digging to a, do a different place. 
Hey, this is Nick Ruffini from Revoice Media, and I'm the executive producer of The Roman Gabriel Show. We got involved with this show because we realized that Roman has a passion for educating the next generation, and we need your help. We need you to be a donor and go to soldouttv.com and donate, whether it's one time or an ongoing basis. Please help us educate the next generation by becoming a donor. Go to soldouttv.com and click donate. And remember, you can help us at the Sold Out Youth Foundation by donating. Text Sold Out 20 to 484848. That's Sold Out 20 to 484848 and help us help your students to stay drug and alcohol free. Nick Lowry, Matt Stover with me right here on Roman Gabriel Show. Go to romangabriel.com. I want to finish with this. A lot of people ask all the time when, when you, you line up for that last second kick, and you guys both have said it, that you would want that kick for the Super Bowl win, right? You have to. Yeah. I you mean, don't you go in there thinking yeah. you're not going to get it. You don't belong on yeah. the team if you, if you Yeah. Get. I mean, so, and I say have to, not from a, oh, my God. It's, yeah, yeah darn right. Yeah, yeah let's go. Yeah. Give me fact, the ball. In fact, I think you'd agree with me. You practice. Mm-hmm. This game's going to come down yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. So right that here. when it happens, it's not like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I, it's going to happen. Yeah. I just want to just let my team win. In fact, you go into every game like that. Because when it comes, right. you're ready. If it doesn't come, you're still ready. Right. So it's that's the mentality of a kicker. It's give me the ball. In fact, on third down, I know Nick was this way. Because I said, Dang it! They got a first down. You know? Really? You want you wanted to kick the field goal? So like, the other guys are going. We we want the first down. Yeah, we want to get going, a touchdown. No, no, no. no. Give, give me You're not shooting against your team, but you are like, you know, I'm ready. Give I'm, me the ball. I'm, and the more times you get on the field, the more confident you get. Okay, so how? Do, so so I've always kicks. wondered this: when they go to the sidelines, and it's kind of an iffy yeah. in between kick of whether we go for it, punt it, or kick it. Right. And the coach, you know, you see the kicker just, you know, you're biting the, the deal, ready to go out. I can do this. I can kick it, like he said to Marv. How do you feel when, when he says, we're not going to kick it, and you know you can kick it, and, they, well, and you punt? Well, once again, you've got to manage your state. So whatever happens, mm-hmm. including missing a kick, mm-hmm. you've got to go, okay, what I do wrong? Reset. Now move on to the yeah. next one. Mm-hmm. Same thing. You're disappointed. Screw that. You yeah. have to be in the moment for the team. I would have a guy, and I doubt you did this, but I would have a player – Every quarter, usually a large guy hit me. Just, just wake reminded me this, this is real. Hit wake me up. right hard and yeah. wake up. And I would stay have emotional. a shake. I do. I yeah. do that. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Stay focused. Yep. I mean, it's a stay the emotional. Stay in your yeah. body, not yeah. just your head. Right. It is incredible. What goes through your yeah. mind when you miss a game-winning kick and you go into well, the locker happened. room? Yeah, we yeah. never did. It, no, right? you guys <laughs> probably didn't. But uh, but you you don't Two understand. Things. I never had a great kicker. In, when we were in college, I had that guy who said, "Well, the laces were wrong. That's why I missed oh, it." Oh yeah, you know, you don't every, see it. No, it was no. there was an yeah, excuse for or oh, the bad crap. field or what? There was it's, it's there was an excuse for there was an excuse for every kick. And and what would happen is is you would you and and you know this is where you got loathing for the for the for the bad kicker is. You didn't want him out there because yeah. you would drive at ninety. Oh, yeah. You would drive you it. Be. You would yeah. drive at ninety yards. Yeah. You know, get in field goal position. You got your butt kicked yeah. the whole game. You 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 push it to a chance to win, right. and he shanks a ball five yards right for the loss and says, "Hey, the snap wasn't good." And then you go in the locker room and everybody, you know, you just want to, You don't want this guy anywhere near you. Well, the biggest thing for me is I can't wait for the next game. Yeah. So yeah, okay, I missed the field goal. Win the game. What I'm trying to do is reset my mind, knowing that there's another game, right? Hopefully, 
and that when that game comes, I'm waiting for that next kick. I'll you t- just have to. So you, you didn't miss many kicks, but how did it feel, though, when you did no, miss I'm a kick you, yourself? No, I'm going to tell you the worst game in. of my career. So yeah. worst game of my career. Marty Schottenheimer coming back to Cleveland. I remember Steve uh, DeBerg coming into the locker room complaining that Mike Webster had left the window open all night because he wanted to get ready for the weather. <laughs> it was so cold. <laughs> So, uh, in the game, it was the old stadium. It was the, it was the worst condition I played I've ever had. played there for five years. I had, I had a 41-yarder, cruddy little line, back, line drive 41-yarder that tied the game with four minutes left. And then I did not think we would have time before overtime. I was not ready. That's yeah, 100% on you me. you got to be careful. And Stefan Page catches the pass. Yeah. Boom. I run out for a 45-yarder in ready. the open end. Been there. And um, straight on, and then it hooks at the last minute. I'm like, oh. And they were offside. So I'm like, okay, line Over it up time. again, stay with it, 40 yard, no problem. Straight on, hook left. Missed that one. Now we're in overtime, and I'm just crushed because mm-hmm. I've never done this. And we have a 48 yard of the other direction. To, I mean, don't come within a mile. That game, going into that game, I was the most accurate kicker in NFL history. I still was, percentage wise. The next day's uh, paper had a <laughs> cartoon of my face like one of those. Uh, clowns exploding out of a, a box like I'd lost it. Uh, and I spent the whole offseason saying, I'm never, ever, ever going to feel this again. Yeah. And uh, just dug deeper. I, Tony Robbins tapes helped me because they reminded me of my control over my thoughts and emotions, yeah. etc. And I want, my goal cap. was that Thought Marty cap. Schottenheimer is going to walk up to me, get on his knees and say, I love you, you're incredible, what are you doing? Yeah. In other words, nothing that I was going to say was going to do it. Just overwhelmed them was how much better. Right. That year I led the NFL on scoring. I had 24 field goals in a row. Um, 34 for 37. I had, we you know went to the playoffs for the first time. I had 21 in a row the next year. I was 22 for 24 the next year. I have so a similar, those, similar those, story. That fear and Very. that pain mm-hmm. is what pushed me to never want to feel that again and to, to find and wow. discover you know, a deeper level of commitment. So I went 0 for 3 opening game, Sunday Night Football, 2005. 0 for 3. Lost the game. And it hurt. That hurt bad, right? It, probably just a few people it was just like, saying, oh, cut, cut, Matt, cut, a lot of cut Lowry, he sucks. Nobody on my team. You he's, know what my teammate said? Just... Well, Stowe, got those out of the way. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. And so I took personal responsibility for the loss Kevin. of the game. I also Kevin. took personal responsibility for what I was going to do about it. So what ended up happening was I went back to work on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, took my time off on Saturday, thought about it, went out there and made one field goal, then two field goals in that game. And then one after the other after the other. I missed one field goal after that. Very similar story because you you take ownership of that and you said, no, that's not happening again. That's on me. That's the way you get better. Let's go. So two years later when I was 22 for 24, I had a 54-yarder. And then we line up for a 20-yarder from the right hash. I only missed right. two inside of 100. Yard. Inside, wow, inside of 30 yards my yeah. whole career out of 127. I, I don't know what I did. I missed it. And uh, I only missed one field goal the rest of the year. That. So late in the season, this is a great story. Mm-hmm. Late in the season, I come into a quick trip by getting orange juice and eggs. And the lady behind the counter goes, wait a minute. I used uh, to have what I call a porn star mustache. She recognized me. She goes, I know you. You're, you're Nick Lowry. You're the kid <laughs> for the Chiefs. Now, at that point, I was 21 for 20, uh, yeah, you 20, great. 23. You got a great goes, memory, man. I saw. I saw you miss that field goal. What the hell is wrong with you? I know. So I make the Pro Bowl. I kick the game-winning field goal in the Pro Bowl. And, and I only miss one after that kick. So that's what you have to do. And, you and, do. and, and it, to me, the permission to fail, the permission to give yourself permission. Yeah. because It happens. Because you're human, so you will miss no matter what. But by having that permission, you, you attack the ball. So mm-hmm. my last thing, which for kickers listening out there, 
I learned on game-winning field goals, and I love to hear Matt's story on this, um, and what I learned was being aggressive, not super aggressive, but being aggressive, being bold on the field goals gave you a much better shot. Yeah. Because you knew that, you, of course, you have a chance of missing. So I would say as I'm approaching the ball, left foot, your right-footed kicker too, right. left foot, like at the target, and explode. And that somehow, whatever it did for me was release and let it right. go. So my percentage of game-winning kicks got even better. Because the ball, your, your brain, when it's self-conscious, works on the big muscle groups. You lose the snap. You lose the speed of your leg speed through the ball. All those things they can measure today. you got to learn how to breathe. And yeah. so by attacking the ball, your brain takes mm -hmm. over. And all of those millions of calculations just happen because right. that's the way it works. And that, that really helped me. So wow. allowing yourself to be aggressive. And it's the same thing principle. I'm sure you're a good golfer uh, in golf as well. Five. Not bad. Five. Uh, I'm terrible, but I, I just make sure I don't play much. <laughs> well, I tell you, with regard to the mental frame of mind for that type of kick, even in the Super Bowl, you envision that. You've embraced it. You've accepted it. You've gone through that probably 20 times in your head. This is the way the kick's going to come down, and it's never a 22 yarder. You know, it's like a 42 right. to 52 yarder. You know, in that the wind. Yeah, yeah, in the wind, a little cross. So it's it's something that you've already embraced. It's something that you've already owned. So when you go out there, you can be aggressive. And there, there are times when you, I have had times when I was not mentally ready. And Nick's admitted it too, just a little while ago. And I, I what happens, you typically fail. Yeah. But if you prepare yourself emotionally and throughout the week and you work hard, those game winners, are you're embraced with them. Because you want, you want to be the guy with the ball. You know, this is either going to be the greatest podcast ever. Because in L.A., you're on the freeway a long time. So people who love hearing kicking stories are going to love this. Good stuff. Yeah, we, we talked, talked a little football, too. Yeah, now, we right? did. Yeah. Matt Stover with us <laughs> and uh, the man right here, Dominic, Nick Lowry. Yes, you know, sir. Somebody, when did you – was your dad named Dominic? No, my dad was Sidney Lowry, God bless him, very senior CIA. And my mother had a female friend named Dominique, so she called me Dominic. I never liked Dom. I liked Dominic. Yeah. She always called me Dominic when she was mad at me. Well, there you go. And uh, But Nick, Nick was my name from the age of seven on. All right, all right. So one of the things that Nick used to send Christmas cards, and I still never forget that. He would send me a Christmas card periodically during the season. That was really nice. I think what he was doing, he was trying to politic for those Pro Bowl votes. There you, know? you go. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, the one nice thing. He went to the Pro Bowl a lot more than I did. I went once. You know what? Um, I was the alternate six times. Yeah, being part of a winning team really helps. I, mean, <laughs> it does, yeah. I had a bunch of years when uh, Gary Anderson missed 10 field goals in one year, uh, and I missed three, and he went because he had more points. And that's a, right. one of the things that would happen with the right, voting. The points, right. You know, as opposed to yeah. you know, this guy hitting 95% of his field yeah. goals, you know, that should be the standard. Yeah. This has been fun, guys. Thanks, Roman. Thanks for being on the Roman Gabriel Show. We this might be a two-parter, though. We might have to make this a two-parter. Well, there are two of us, so that works. That's right. Thanks so much for listening to The Roman Gabriel Show. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a rating and review on iTunes, and be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And remember, you can help us at the Sold Out Youth Foundation by donating. Text SOLD OUT 20 to 484848. That's SOLD OUT 20 to 484848. And help us help your students to stay drug and alcohol free. The Roman Gabriel Show is produced in partnership with Revoice Media. Executive producers Roman Gabriel, Nick Ruffini, and Kirsten Cluthy. 
Audio editing by Justin Thomas and graphic design by Catherine Wade. For more music and entertainment podcasts, check out revoicemedia.com. Listen to The Roman Gabriel Show show at romangabrielshow.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.